Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We will get back to the Durant watch soon enough, but we also will be doing plenty of NFL this hour. This is Canteen Garland on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin, we are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern, filling in for the guys. You can tweet to both of us at Courtney R. Cronin, at Amber W. Sports. You can also always give us a call and join the conversation on the CC call-in line at one triple eight say espn 888-729-3776. We are asking you, which team could help Kevin Durant's legacy the most? Right now, though, we are going to bring in the host of this show, Chris Canty, who is stopping by host, of course, of Canty and Carlin right here on ESPN Radio. You can check him out on Greeny this week if you are missing his voice from 10 a.m. to noon every day. And Canty, I'm going to get into Kevin Durant in a moment, but I first want to actually start in the NFL because I'm sure you guys have been covering it on Greeny where ESPN every day is releasing these top 10 lists. And they did quarterbacks yesterday. They did running backs today by pooling executives and scouts and coaches. On the running backs list, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are at the top of the list. Javante Williams rounds out the list at 10. Honorable mention, Ezekiel Elliott. He did not make the top 10 running backs. Are you surprised by that? Not surprised by it, ladies. And I'll take it a step further. I don't think Zeke is the best running back on his team, let alone a top 10 running back in the National Football League. Tony Pollard's a better back. And I keep waiting for everybody else around the National Football League circles to catch up. But if you look at the Dallas Cowboys and how they distributed the touches in the running game, and then the overall productivity of the running game, there were only five teams that had fewer broken tackles in the running game than the Dallas Cowboys last year. And Ezekiel Elliott is one of the highest paid backs in all of football, and he gets a high volume of touches. So, guys, I hate to say it like this, but Ezekiel Elliott is washed up. There's no other way to frame it. And although the Cowboys do have to deal with that contract this year, you can bet that Ziggio Elliott will not be a Dallas Cowboy after this season. They're going to cut bait with him because I don't see him getting back to a place as far as his production to justify his salary in 2023. So someone else who might fall into that category of being washed up is the player that was number one on this list two years ago, and that's Saquon Barkley. And he's an honorable mention on this list, and I get it. He missed 22 games over four years due to injury, and at this position, it's not like you expect guys to get injured and then all of a sudden for that wear and tear to not show on the field as they get older. Like, 
What did the Giants do with Saquon this season, beyond this season? Like, how do you project out the ceiling for where he's at in his NFL career and where he's going to go, knowing what we've seen the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I mean, he's played 15 games in the last couple of years and hasn't been able to total over a thousand yards combined in those 15 games. I, I just, I don't, I just don't see Saquon Barkley being a giant long term. And you got to remember, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, they have no allegiance to Saquon. They didn't draft him. That was Dave Gettleman. So I, I think the Giants utilize him. They try to get what they can get out of him this year. Word on the street is that they're going to use him as a satellite, putting him all over the formation, not just at the home position in the backfield, but splitting him out as a receiver, putting him in the slot. We'll see what comes of that and whether or not he can be more of a factor in the passing game. But I don't see the Giants and Saquon Barkley being able to come to a long-term agreement on a contract when he goes into free agency next offseason. So I don't have high expectations for Saquon. It's more of a wait-and-see type of thing. But I do think he can be valuable in terms of helping them make a determination on what they're going to do with Daniel Jones moving forward. We're just hitting all of Canty's former teams. Chris Canty, host of this show, a Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys today, but Canty is stopping by. So I should ask you about the Ravens next, but I'm not going to. I actually want to stick with this list for a second because Courtney <laughs> and I haven't gotten to spend a ton of time on this list. Yesterday, we spent like four hours on the quarterback list, uh, but the running back list hasn't gotten as much attention. So I want to... It's ridiculous that Lamar Jackson is not in the top 10 of quarterbacks. Though. Can I just say that? We can that... leave it there, but it's ridiculous that he's not in the top 10. That 100% was ridiculous. And the running backs list, there's no former MVP not included on the list, of course. But Derrick Henry is number one on this list, Canty. And we are talking about a guy who missed uh, nine regular season games because of that foot injury. You guys were just talking about the durability of some of these backs. I mean, does it bother you that Henry takes the number one spot considering all the time that he missed last season? Yeah, it does, because we typically don't see running backs get healthier. We're talking about a foot injury where they had to go in and put a plate and some screws in there. I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to be able to hold up and play with the same physical style that we've come accustomed to seeing him with. So, yeah, I don't know that he's the number one back in the National Football League. If I had to, if I had to put stock in a guy being the best running back in football, it would be Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. Because the Colts, you look at what they've done with that offensive line, it's a brick wall. They tried to upgrade at the other skill position players on the offense, but the most important uh, player that they added that's going to impact Jonathan Taylor is Matt Ryan being your quarterback. I mean, being able to have more competent quarterback play is only going to open up things for Jonathan Taylor in the running game. So I just look for him to have a monster season. You're talking about a guy that's going to be easily north of 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Chris, switching gears here to the NBA with Kevin Durant and us in this holding pattern. It feels like we're running out of things to talk about. So let's talk about his legacy because that always seems to uh, get the needle moving. Is there a team that you could see him going to that will actually help his legacy? Even though, I mean, I don't know if anybody needs to legitimize the first two titles that he won, but is there a team out there that we could look at and say that's the right spot for Kevin Durant in the long-term rememberization, if that's the word, uh, from, from how we'll remember him going forward? Guys, this Brooklyn Nets thing is going to leave a big stain on Kevin Durant's resume. I, I don't know that there are many places where he can change the perception of who he is because – Seems like he's a guy that when things get tough, he seems to run. 
And you can look at that with, with, with OKC when they had Golden State down 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. It didn't work out. He bailed and went to Golden State. Uh, won a couple titles in Golden State over the course of three years, but there was some friction in the locker room with Draymond Green amongst other players, and he decided to bail on that. And now he's bailing out from the Brooklyn Nets because the organization finally decided to hold his best friend Kyrie Irving accountable. So I, I don't know that there's anywhere that he can land where we're saying, yeah, this guy's going to change the perception around NBA circles and in the eyes of fans. The one place that I think would be interesting and some place that where he could potentially bolster his resume, the Toronto Raptors. And I know it seems strange, like Toronto, do they even have the assets to be able to get a guy like Kevin Durant? But, I mean, if you put Kevin Durant on a team with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, and you're talking about them being able to go on an NBA Finals run, all of a sudden I think that does open people's eyes and have us look at Kevin Durant in a way that we haven't before. I mean, look at what that run in Toronto did for Kawhi Leonard in terms of changing how we looked at him. So, I do think Toronto presents a unique opportunity, but again, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to offer the kind of return that Brooklyn is looking for in a Kevin Durant trade package. Right now, it doesn't seem like anybody's offering the kind of return that Brooklyn is looking for in a Kevin Durant trade package. Chris Canty, host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, stopping by. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate you guys holding it down. Coming up next, will Luca? win multiple titles with the Dallas Mavericks. He has said that he doesn't want to move anytime soon. So what does this mean for the organization? We will get into that. This is Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Right now, the airwaves are so consumed by the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving watch that maybe we've forgotten. There are other superstars in the NBA. So let's talk about one of them, Courtney, a much younger one at that. Luka Doncic is just 23 years old, and he is under contract in Dallas for at least the next four years with a fifth-year player option. So we already know contractually he's committed to Dallas. It seems like mentally he's committed to Dallas as well. He recently said in a translated response from Spanish to English, by the way, he says, I do not plan on changing my objective to stay with and win in Dallas. Although, of course, in future, nothing is known, but my idea and I hope to accomplish is to win in Dallas. So basically, he's saying, any way you translate this, that he plans to stay. Now, we know, again, contractually, Courtney, he's staying, but it's been a rough offseason so far for the Dallas Mavericks. They've gotten worse, not better. They lost Jalen Brunson. They haven't done a whole lot of any significant uh, acquisitions. I mean, it's been a pretty quiet offseason. They certainly haven't been able to fill that Brunson hole, and we already knew Luka didn't have enough around him. Yeah, and I mean, this, to me, is him putting – wouldn't say the fr- the front office on notice, but it's him 
taking stock of what they've done and what more they need to do. Like, I think that they had a good draft, and I like the acquisition of Christian Wood at the time when Jalen Brunson was still on the roster, but they have not filled the hole that has been left by Jalen Brunson signing with the New York Knicks in free agency and, you know, signing JaVale McGee to the short-term deal that they did and Theo Pinson as well. It doesn't scratch the surface. That 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 addresses some some depth needs that they have on the roster, but there's a lot of work to be done for this Dallas Mavericks team if they want to contend in the West and if they want to not have to like have everything rest on the shoulders of Luka Doncic. So I think it was non he was noncommittal in what he said. Obviously, he wants to win it in Dallas, the team where he started his NBA career. But I think he's realistic, too, in realizing what the West looks like now. The fact that everybody has a superstar running mate and the fact that his is go- his running mate from last year is gone the last couple of years. And you saw how far they were able to get last year in the Western Conference finals with the uh, against the Golden State Warriors and what some of those issues were and how they haven't been able to actually like fix those issues just yet. Because you think about the Warriors series, like Wiggins and Looney dominated Dallas on the boards, absolutely dominated them. And Dallas struggled to rim protect. So Golden State Warrior, the Golden State Warriors were able to score pretty easy in the paint. They still haven't really figured out how they're going to adjust those sorts of things this year. So if I'm Luca, I'm looking around being like, you know, chop, chop. Like, what's going on here? I mean, unless Kevin Durant's magically going to find his way to Dallas, that would be uh, what I would expect to um, expect, like why he's feeling the way he's feeling as of right now. That would be a heck of a pairing, except for I don't think the Dallas can accomplish that goal. Unfortunately for Dallas, I mean, you mentioned it there. Luca lost his running mate, and that running bait wasn't even good enough. Like, that pairing of him and Brunson wasn't even good enough to actually get a championship done, to actually get the winning done for real in the postseason. We know Luca needs more around him, and actually, in order to actually win championships, as phenomenal as Luca is, everybody needs help. And his response, Courtney, came... In in a it was a direct response to a reporter asking him if he thinks he can win a championship in Dallas, and he says he goes on to say, "I'm not thinking about you know moving. This is my goal is to stay in Dallas." So essentially saying yes, but the reporter asked that after Luca had said something that I actually think is the far more interesting portion of this interview. Again, translated interview from Spanish to English. Luca said in a translated response before that. The market has but just started, and I expect the bosses in Dallas to have more options to sign. Let's see what they do. So you know Luca is also looking at the Dallas Mavericks this offseason, and Luca has had a remarkably busy offseason to date, but he's been in Croatia. He's been all over the place, but he is keeping his eye closely on what the Mavericks front office is doing. And so far, what the Mavericks front office is doing isn't a whole lot in order to actually bring in real help. Yeah, and I mean, when you think about who makes sense to pair with him, you know, the names keep getting checked off the list because these guys keep going elsewhere. The first one that everybody expected would be in the conversation ended very quickly when Rudy Gobert went to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for what was effectively five first-round draft picks. So, okay, he's off the list. I thought he would be the target for Dallas, and maybe he was. Until they saw the Astros. Sure. Now, is it DeAndre Ayton? Is there any possibility that something like that could happen? Because, 
you know, while they don't have the ability to sign him outright, they would have to like send something to Phoenix in return. And this trade package would probably be along the lines of either what uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the asking price that they paid for Rudy Gobert, or potentially what the Hawks did to get DeJounte Murray. So, you know, Lucas extension kicks in. That means you have to move like a bunch of different players around to like fit DeAndre Ayton. But 17 and 10, 23-year-old centers don't grow on trees. So you you would make that happen. If you think that you can make this run, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, I think that you be aggressive in trying to get that secondary piece for Luka Doncic because you know that the roster didn't get better when you lost Jalen when you lost Jalen Brunson in free agency. They priced themselves out of what they what he was able to command. They had every opportunity to do it. Now they've got to go back to the drawing board. And I think that if you look at what Aiton could bring to the table, strong mid range game, you know, we could, that could likely develop into a devastating three point shot in time if he keeps working at it. His potential sky high. And you've got somebody else who's also in his early 20s whose potential is sky high. So I think the time is now. And like you had mentioned with the extension and, and they're, you know, they've got a couple years to figure it out sooner rather than later benefits the Dallas Mavericks and it benefits their ability to win a title with Luka Doncic now as the West only continues to get better. The problem with Aiton is, of course, the money. The sign and trade, and the re- too. Is, yeah. Right. Well, no, yeah, it's the money. And then also, you know, this whole sign and trade issue. And, and the reports out there is it's all but done with the Pacers, that Aiton's going to the Pacers. We still don't know if, if that's him signing the offer sheet, if that's a sign and trade. I can't imagine the Suns are going to match it. If it's him signing the offer sheet, that deal apparently has just been held up by the fact that the Pacers have to clear space from the Malcolm Brogdon trade, where he's been traded to Boston, but he hasn't taken the physical because he's been on vacation so there's some dominoes to fall there it doesn't seem like Aiton is a realistic possibility for the Dallas Mavericks but the reality is that the Mavericks have to bring in some help around Luka and they need help defensively around Luka and so far you are seeing these other players go other places like the Rudy Gobert's of the world and meanwhile Luka's just watching it happen and not maybe so impressed so far with what the Dallas Mavericks front office has done. Coming up next we transition back to the NFL. We are in the midst of ESPN Radio's two-a-days. That means we break down two teams for you every day. If you missed it last hour we broke down the Minnesota Vikings. You can always check out the Canty and Carlin podcast on the ESPN app. Up next is the Atlanta Falcons. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg and ESPN bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark. There's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get a hundred dollars in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN bet today. What a play must be 21 plus and present in select States gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So we are in the midst of ESPN Radio NFL. Two a days. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. It means that every day we break down two teams as they as we head towards NFL training camp. And today we broke down the Vikings for you last hour already. Now it is time, Courtney, for us to break down the Atlanta Falcons. By doing this, we do what's called SWAT. Strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. Let's start with Courtney Cronin's strength of the Atlanta Falcons this season. There's got to be one. I am really having a hard time with this one. I'm sorry. Um, 
their best player is Calvin Ridley, and he's not going to be playing this season because he's serving a one game, a one year suspension from the NFL for betting. Um, I'll probably say it's Kyle Pitts. You know, the tight end that they drafted not that long ago. He's the best player that's actually going to play for this offense and this team that's absolutely in the middle of a reboot this year. It's just you don't find a lot of teams that are built around a tight end, at least like good teams, no matter how talented he is. But I do think that he can compensate in certain respects for some of their weaknesses. Like there's there's more weaknesses here that we can certainly address. But like here's here's like let's not sugarcoat it, Amber. They are a team in the midst of a very long rebuild. They blew up their roster this past year. They sent Matt Ryan off to the Indianapolis Colts. They got Marcus Mariota. He's there like basically as a one year bridge quarterback potentially before Desmond Ritter takes over. I can't I can't do this. I cover a team that's also in the midst of a very long rebuild, so I'm not going to sugarcoat you, ESPN Radio listeners. There aren't many strengths on this team. I think it's Kyle Pitts, and um, I'm excited to see what he can do within the confines of this offense, and I don't know, maybe maybe they have a good run game. I don't know. I, I also Sorry. agree. Kyle I Pitts a is time. a strength. I don't know if you want to build your entire team around a tight end, which is kind of what they've done right now, but I also agree. Kyle Pitts, phenomenal player. Uh Also, I would say a strength for this Atlanta Falcons team is that they are going to be bad, Courtney. Like, bad, bad. Mm -hmm. Legitimately bad. There's no way around it. But that seems better to me than chasing third place in the NFC South for the next few years, right? Like, when they traded away Julio Jones... They probably at that point should have just gone into full rebuild mode instead of hanging on to Matt Ryan for another subpar, you know, 500 sort of season. They held on to Ryan a year too long. There's really no reason for it. There's no reason to even shoot for mediocrity here. Let's go ahead and just be bad and embrace it. And the strength is that they're going to be drafting at the top of next year's draft. It's a stacked draft in terms of quarterbacks and a lot of other positions so there you go that's the strength the strength is the future for the atlanta falcons weakness you mentioned essentially everything to you sounds like it's a weakness on this team i'll say the defense i mean they're going to lack depth they're going to lack star power you struggle to find a name that you'll recognize on this defense and when you pull the numbers in about every defensive metric from last season it couldn't be uglier in terms of where they sat in the league for yards allowed uh rushing touchdowns a lot i mean it it was just abysmal and ugly and it ain't gonna look much better this season no i mean for me the strength is the interior of both of their lines offense and defense like this is not a very good group uh defensively last year they had 18 sacks which was like 11 less than any other team so their pass rush is a problem particularly on the interior part too and their offensive line was one of the worst in the league so protecting the quarterback is probably going to be a problem fortunately Marcus Mariota has some athleticism to him but he doesn't want to not much durability though you don't Uh, want him running for his life back there well and listen that's been a problem in Marcus Mariota's career he's reunited with his former coach I mean there's a relationship there I'll make Marcus Mariota my opportunity because he does have an opportunity here to shine I'm joking here that the Falcon strength is wherever they're drafting in next year's draft we do know that the Falcons are probably going to address that quarterback position 
they have to in that draft, but maybe they don't have to. Marcus Mariona and Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. They both maybe have a big opportunity here. I am concerned about Mario's durability anyways in terms of his NFL career, then behind a bad line. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Falcons move forward with Desmond Ritter at a certain point just so that they also can evaluate what they have there on their roster. To me, the opportunity is the future. And when you've got the general manager in Terry Fontenot talking about the fact that they're going to take it on the chin this year, he said that. So he said, we know we're going to be really, really bad. That's me paraphrasing what the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons said. So where they're going to be next year is what they can set themselves up for right now. Like To me, that is the sign of a a front office that is self-aware and not trying to won't be tempted to make any sort of knee-jerk moves that make you sort of think that they think that they can contend for something I don't know what not an NFC South title not second place in the NFC South maybe not even third place in the NFC South but this is this is about the future for the Atlanta Falcons they are a team that it's not just one or two pieces away They're in a massive rebuild right now. So if you can start thinking ahead to when Tom Brady actually does retire and what the future holds for the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints. We know Jameis Winston just signed, re-signed with with, with the Saints this past offseason, but things don't go well for him this year. Are you potentially looking at a more wide-open division in the future? So they're building towards that, and I think it's an opportunity to – Not let the burden of winning games impact the growth you expect and and can hope you get from some of your younger players. Maybe even a Desmond Ritter in there, too. It's cute that you think Tom Brady is going to retire at some point here. Threat. What is the biggest threat to this Atlanta Falcons team other than everything? uh, They have $63 million in dead cap right now. So that's uh, financially just like how much Arthur Blank's going to have to like cash out this year. I hope Home Depot stock is doing pretty well uh, because that's a lot of money. And yes, the fact that this happened is because of what they had to do with with Matt Ryan. Like they took on a $40.5 million cap hit, which is like $7 million more than any other dead cap in NFL history. And we knew it was a poorly structured contract at the time that they did it. But They're just hoping that, I guess, like it's going to be a rough season and they're going to have to eat it and eat the cap to basically get everything in order that they can start um, building for 2023. But just be careful if something happens here where financially you're not about to get back in the black for next year, you could potentially be in a similar, not the same, because it will get better. I promise when some of those numbers get moved off their books a year from now, they could be in a better spot. But it's a My threat, threat right is that on defense, Atlanta had 18 sacks. That was 11 fewer last season than any other team in the league. And no player who had more than two sacks remains on the roster. The so, again, the defense, it's going to go from ugly to ugly. Our Deion Jones now is missing the rest of the entire offseason. There's a lot of threats, though, to this Atlanta Falcons team. It ain't going to be a good year, so buckle up, Falcons fans. But maybe there'll be some bright spots in there with Kyle Pitts and however it works out there with Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. Coming up next, we will continue this conversation about the Falcons. We'll bring in some help for it. How soon should we expect Desmond Ritter under center for the Falcons? That's next. This is Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's a story we've heard before. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski said that his retirement is final. He is retired for real. He went on to say that he's now focused on business ventures with his family. He said emphatically, I am done with football. Do you believe it? No, absolutely not. He said this on a boat when he was wearing sunglasses that I could see the entire reflection of the world in. Rob is living his best life right now the same way that he did the last time that he spent a summer saying, woohoo, I'm retired. Let's go party in South Beach or wherever he is. And then he ends up back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have heard not only from like people around the league and, you know, teammates and, and people who know Rob Gronkowski and know how this works. We heard from his own agent, Drew Rosenhaus. Mm-hmm say that like he would not be surprised if Rob comes out of retirement at some point. All it takes, Amber, is one call from Tom Brady to say, I need you, come back. Because you know that it's not going to be anytime soon, meaning anytime in the next like two months, so he can skip training camp, which veteran players, nobody likes training camp. Like it, it's exhausting and it's it's a toll that he doesn't need to take on his body in his early thirties. Like where, you know, he's dealt with back injuries. He's dealt with, you know, last year, I believe it was the the punctured lung, like stuff that's kept him out and he's had to recover from. He doesn't have to do any of that for at least a couple of months. So I know that he's doubling down on this because what else are you going to ask Rob Gronkowski about other than how's retirement right now? Are you thinking of coming back out? I give it three months and he's back in the NFL by late October. I can buy that Gronk might in his mind right now think that I'm not going to return, but it becomes a very different story once you've given your body that time to rest. Once you don't have to go through the grind of training camp and everything else that you don't want to go through if you're Gronk and you definitely don't want to go through it. Gronk at 33 years old. He didn't want to go through it when he retired back in 2018. I mean, he did that because of injuries. At this point, it seems like, though, Courtney, he's feeling much better overall. He credits Tom Brady with a lot of that, setting the expectations for his career. He summoned him out of retirement in 2020, of course, to go play with the Bucks. And Gronk's 33. Like, that's not 43. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 33. So I'm kind of with you. I could see Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, being right that if he gets a call from Tom Brady and the Bucks are in playoff contention, the Bucks are, are doing well, then maybe at some point I could see him deciding, hey, this is a good team. I will come out of retirement to join them. Never say it's over until it's over, right? But Rob Gronkowski is saying emphatically it is over for him, that he has moved on, that he's been blessed to have other opportunities in business. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
We are in the midst of ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. We've been breaking down the Atlanta Falcons for you. Let's go ahead and bring in some help with that. D. Orlando Ledbetter, Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Falcons reporter, joining us. And D, thanks for joining us. Marcus Mariota was brought into this team, presumably to be the starter, but Desmond Ritter is there as well. Is there a point in the season where you actually would expect Ritter to start under center for the Falcons? Uh, yes, uh, Amber and Courtney, thanks for having me. I think, yeah, I think Ritter is getting ready to... Uh, you know, play getting him ready to play. Uh, I don't think he's going to open up, though. I think Marcus is going to start off for him. And, uh, you know, his history has been that he'll get hurt at some point. And uh, if that happens, uh, Ritter will be ready to go. And then, you know, it's a tough, tough schedule. If they get out of contention early, you know, it's a real, real tough schedule. They start one and six or one and five or something. Then maybe you go going to get him out there and uh, see if you have your quarterback of the future or not. We've heard general manager Terry Fontenot express some real thoughts about what this season is, saying that they're taking it on the chin this year. So in order to set themselves up for next year, 2023, if this year is the trying year, how have they taken steps to get there? Well, they've drafted uh, you know, players uh, that they think can play over the last couple of years. They played a lot of, um, uh, a lot of rookies last year. They're going to they got to play some more this year. So they're trying to build the team out as they repurpose the roster. You know, they've kept some of the old old draft picks, uh, Mike McHale Walker, Jalen Hawkins, uh, and they're trying to develop and teach and develop the roster. Uh, and that way when they're, um, you know, ready to, to go to free agency next year with bushels full of money, they can know exactly where they got to plug holes at. Uh, probably another top 10 draft pick is going to be in the making. Uh, so, you know, you'll know what you need there. They're trying to build up a team and then drop the quarterback in there, kind of like what Kansas City did, uh, you know, uh, when they built their team up and then dropped Mahomes in there and took right off. That's what they're trying to do here with the Atlanta Falcons. D. Orlando Ledbetter, Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Falcons reporter, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson, Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. So Calvin Ridley, it appears he's probably never going to play for the Falcons again. He's serving that one-year suspension for betting on the NFL. Does that mean that Kyle Pitts is the best player right now on the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, yeah, no question about it. On the uh, offensive side of the ball, um, maybe a close second to uh, him would be Cordell Patterson. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle Pitts is their weapon. When you look at that roster, it's like, okay, what do they got? Hey, they got a tight end. They got a tight end, and that's sure. Uh, that's one thing they do have. They don't have to worry about that position for a long time. Well, and they still have Grady Jarrett, who is one of the better uh, defensive linemen in the NFL. How does he feel about this whole thing, being a part of a rebuild where, you know, at his part, at his point of his career, he's 29 years old, like, this defense wasn't very good last year. How does he feel knowing that this rebuild's going to take some time and his window to be on a competitive team is closing? Yeah, well, he, uh, he he's pretty cool with it right now. They gave him a three-year extension and dropped $34 million of them, uh, million on him guaranteed. So, so he's all in. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, but they do got to build out that line. They, they've got some people. You know, uh, Audrey Agunza-Jay, the fifth-round pick, played 500 uh, snaps last year. 
They signed Lorenzo Carter. They drafted Arnold Ibikite out of Penn State and D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky. So out of those four guys, they're hoping some of them or one of them or maybe two of them can find their way to the quarterback. They only had 18 sacks last year. Uh, and, you know, Grady uh, working the inside and, you know, maybe some of these guys on the outside uh, might help improve that uh, unit immensely. $34 million. I don't have much uh, experience with it, but I'm guessing $34 million would make uh, a rebuild a little bit easier uh, to handle. Dear Orlando Ledbetter, Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Falcons reporter joining us. So you said there that Kyle Pitts is certainly the best player on offense for this team. How do Falcons fans feel about a team that appears to be built around the tight end position right now? Yeah, they like the fact that uh, they went out and got a bunch of big receivers. It's a big receiving core. Um, you know, Kyle will line up on the side with maybe Patterson and Brian Edwards, uh, Drake London, the number five pick. So you got a bunch of six, two and up guys running these routes, trying to torment these little defensive backs. Now the key will be, um, you know, hey, uh, who's going to get them the ball is the big thing now. So, uh, the team like the um, the fans tend to like uh, offense, and they like their they can see that they are stockpiling some weapons. Now they don't know how they're going to work, but they got some weapons at least uh, built around Kyle Pitts now that they didn't have last year, uh, in part because of Ridley's suspension. D four and a half wins the over under set for the Falcons in two thousand twenty two. Can you find four wins on this schedule right now? No, I couldn't. I, 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 I've been doing that since the schedule came out. Uh, I, uh, I tried like heck to find it. Uh, you know, I only got two definite wins on there, and now Carolina's got Baker, so maybe that's not even one of them. So, um, and you got six maybe games in there. So, so you know, if you can win those two, get those three of those maybes, you know, maybe they make it past the over, over and under to five, but. Um, anything over five is going to be gravy for them. It's going to be a, um, a masterful coaching job if they get anywhere near 500 this year. So is Carolina, what's the other one that you thought was maybe a definite win? Yeah, I had them splitting at Carolina, uh, but um, and I, I, came, I, I don't know who the other one was, but I threw another game in there for them. Uh, but, yeah, uh, now with Baker, if Baker beats out Sam, which we expect, Maybe maybe you only you don't even beat Carolina because they got a pretty good defense. You split with them last well, year too. D, I don't know if you're making Falcons fans feel much better, but I think that they should be excited about the future because it seems like they will be drafting again near the top of the draft in 2023. Uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter, Atlanta Journal Constitution's Falcons reporter. D, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Courtney and Amber. Take care and thanks for having me. You too. I mean, you never know, Courtney, you know, I mean, they could have struck gold with Desmond Ritter and maybe he gets his opportunity. Maybe they really see something there in him and then they don't have to address that quarterback position in 23 and they can go ahead and build more assets around him. Something, something crazy could happen. I mean, (laughs) I'm so glad that we uh, have the top of the hour coming up so we can talk about something other than the Falcons. These poor fans. These These poor poor fans. fans. We we will, in fact, talk about something else. We have breaking news here. Woj, a Woj bomb. After previously shutting down inquiries on moving all-star guard Donovan Mitchell, inquiries are happening. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.